Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Deepened. Hey, it's good to see you again. <laughs> I'm Grace. And I'm Ashley. And we're so glad to be back. It's, it, it's been a minute. It has. It really has. But we are back at it, and we're really excited. We took some time to step back and plan what we want this to really look like. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about this idea. And I'm hoping that our little audio and technical issues are going to be a bit more resolved this episode. <laughs> That's the goal. Learning as we go. Yeah. Shout out to our, what is it, six listeners? <laughs> we love you all so much. Yeah, we, we do, do it for you. Without you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you want to explain what our idea is? Yeah. Okay. So when Grace and I started this Um, It wasn't a podcast at the time. It was just scheduled deep chats that we talked about in our first episode. Um, When we started doing that, we would each pick a topic and we would trade off every week and we would just talk about what's on our minds, um, maybe get a little philosophical, um, pretty vulnerable, kind of deep. And we decided Mm -hmm. to carry that tradition on into our podcast. (laughs) Grace is laughing at me, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna keep on with that, um, that format of choosing a topic, and really just diving in, see what happens. That's why it's called deep end. Right, exactly. And we decided that as a way to kind of brainstorm the topics, that we are going to do it in alphabetical order, and mm-hmm. this was quite the challenge for us we spent a while coming up with topics for every letter of the alphabet that we thought could be really investigated and um we came up with some pretty good ones i think i'm excited i I think they're good so today we're starting with a Mm, you know what that means yes and tonight we're going to talk about ambition Mm. Good one. Good yeah, one. Yeah, great one. <laughs> I mean, we came so, up with it, so we think it's pretty good. We think it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, ambition is just a pretty relevant topics in our topic in our lives, and as college students, it's mm-hmm. very prevalent. So, and just I think to us, I feel like I was an ambitious fourth grader. Yeah. So we well, got a lot to talk thoughts. about that coming up. All right, yeah. Uh, Grace, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? <laughs> hmm. Well, my first job that I wanted to do was I really wanted to be an artist. Hmm. That was what I said. What kind of artist? I don't know, but that's what's on all of my papers. <laughs> like, you know where the teachers ask you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yes. And you say, say back. <laughs> they all just say artist or dancer or something in the arts. Did you do a lot of art classes at the time? Yeah, sort of. (laughs) As many as any other, like, four-year-old. But, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I've always liked the arts. Yeah, you've always been an artist. Yeah, truly. Artiste. (laughs) She's seen my drawings. (laughs) She knows. What about you? I, um, well, I went through a couple different phases. One of my mom's favorite to bring up is that I really wanted to be a cashier. Oh. <laughs> um, and that dream was realized. I did get to become one. Chicken salad chick? <laughs> yeah, shout out to the chick. This is not an advertisement. <laughs> not a paid endorsement. We're just here for the the first job. No, I actually was not a cashier at Chicken Salad Chick. I was never trained oh, up for that. Oh, you worked in the back? 
I worked Wait, in the back. Wait, where were you a cashier? At um, Coffee and Bagels. Oh, yeah. My other here. favorite food service job. <laughs> oh, yeah. In yeah. college. <laughs> and if I could go back and tell my younger self anything, it's that the people who are your cashier are not having as much fun as they make it look. It's funny to think of your child self idealizing cashiers that you interact with. <laughs> like, I'm picturing you just like purchasing something at Target and you're like, they're living the dream. Well, I really wanted to press, you know, when they scan the thing and it makes the nice, like, boop. Yeah. I really, I was enchanted. <laughs> the days before self checkout. Truly, yeah. I mean, if I was a kid, I probably would just ju- asked to do self-checkout all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then my next big career ambition was to be an astronaut. That's a cool one. Yeah, I was pretty devoted to that one for, like, a solid three years. I it, would like to see it. Really? I want you to do it. I'm Well, the only thing that dissuaded me was in fourth grade, we started talking about um, some physical science. and <laughs> I started to understand. Yeah, I realized there were some formulas involved that <laughs> I didn't really want to deal with. You mean astronauts don't just, like, hop on a ship and go to space? I do mean that. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that was a, news to me. That's a much cooler job than being a cashier. I mean, yeah, no offense to the cashiers, but oh, yeah. they would probably agree. <laughs> I think it's that's just a universally known fact that being an astronaut is cooler than being a cashier. Well, now, I think even if I was really good at math and really into inertia and calculating forces. <laughs> yeah, which is your specialty. <laughs> right, but even if I was good at that, I still don't know if I would want to be an astronaut because that deep, dark nothing of space is... It's a little too much for me to handle, it's I think. less enchanting when you have a better concept of it. Yeah, less enchanting and more just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Would you marry an astronaut? Astronaut's wives? That's an interesting concept. Sure. Yeah, what if he dies in space? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's just a fear you have to live with if you love an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> Such is life, am I right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could handle it. They're gone for so long. Yeah, I mean... How would your marriage survive? (laughs) All right, let's get back on topic. (laughs) Well, after after I wanted to be an artist and I grew out of that phase, um, I really decided I wanted to be a pediatrician, which is funny as a child that I was like, (laughs) I want to be a child doctor. Well, a lot of children want to be teachers. For yeah, children it's what their you're age. exposed to. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to do that until my freshman year of college. <laughs> I didn't know so. you wanted to be a pediatrician that long. I yeah. thought you just wanted to be a doctor. No, pediatrician in particular. Because even, even when I was like eight, I was like, I love kids. Mm. And it's funny, like Can't as relate. a child myself. No, <laughs> we are different <laughs> in that way, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll love my own kids, for yeah. sure. I feel no obligation to love other people. <laughs> That's so funny. Is it though? They're kind of annoying. I guess. I, I like don't know. The I good feel ones. Like such a natural like inclination towards kids. Yeah, that's good. We need people like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not interested. Like, if there's a child and the child will act like an adult and be cool and funny and like chill to hang out with, I'd be happy to talk to them. 
But if they're going to act... <laughs> like a child? Like a child? How dare they? <laughs> not interested. <laughs> I think if we're talking about... Did you want to say more about wanting to be a pediatrician? No, I mean, I just wanted to put that out there, that it's interesting, like, the way your career goals change throughout mm. just childhood itself and like the way kids have no concept of what careers even are like actually oh, right. being like i want to be an astronaut and you're like wait what's space what right. formulas? <laughs> like they just say things yeah i was really vocal about it too like i remember my second grade teacher like pulling me aside and what are you doing breaking the table so anyway, it's not my fault your chair is broken. Are you sitting in the broken one? No. Okay. That's on it. I just want to say it wasn't broken, and then you came over, and then when you left, I was like, "Why is this chair Wait, broken?" Wait, really? I didn't break your chair. <laughs> Don't shrug at me. <laughs> Someone did. I definitely would know if I broke your chair. Okay. All right, moving past <laughs> that awkward moment of the podcast. Um. <laughs> No, I was really into being an astronaut to the point where my teacher, my second grade teacher, pulled me aside and told me that she wanted one day to see my name as the first woman on Mars. Wow. I know. It was kind of a, that was a good teaching moment on her part. Yeah. But then I realized that (laughs) that's never going to happen. Did you ever go to space camp? No. I went to the space museum a lot. I really loved Space Camp. I have some quality memories there. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. I went through... Do you remember that show? Um, oh, what was it called? Extreme Home Makeover? Yeah. And they would always give the kids these amazing rooms. <laughs> I really wanted one where they would paint my entire room black and then turn my bed into it shaped like a planet. So a circle. A circle. <laughs> yeah. And Is then, that the shape of planets? circles all right you know what you're teaching me so if you're much gonna about space. if you're gonna be like this <laughs> we don't Just need to do the podcast, podcast. Off. <laughs> no but then i want my bed to be a circle and then little glow in the dark stars mm-hmm. around kids love those oh yeah i mean <laughs> i like them <laughs> would you still have them now yes <laughs> yeah. oh it's so funny to think back on being a kid it's weird yeah. But I like, okay, so that concept of what do you want to be when you grow up, where the phrase is not what job do you want to have or what career path do you want to go down. It's what do you want to be? Like, right. your job is you. Yeah, it's such a defining feature. And that's indoctrinated in us from so young. Mm-hmm. That what you do professionally is all that you are. What do you want to be? That's your biggest choice. It's interesting. It's, I think it's really interesting the way language has such a huge effect. Mm, linguistic because, determinism. Exactly. Like, if you had asked that question, like, what job do you want to have, a child would respond the exact same way. But when you ask it, like, what do you want to be, they understand that as what job do you want to have. And that can have a huge effect. I actually would be interested to see, like, real research on that. Hmm. I would be, too. Yeah. We should do that research. Okay. <laughs> Hero? <laughs> Center for Undergraduate Research? I think it's interesting, too, because then children and adults like me mm-hmm. get, take that phrase 
and then internalize it. And now I am convinced that my job is who I am. Mm. Or my at least at this point in my that my stage of life that my job prospects are who I am Mm. and if they're not ambitious enough or like prestigious enough then that really shows some sort of shortcoming on my end Mm. I think that's so interesting because I I chose this term or I was the one that threw this term out when we were brainstorming because I've been thinking about ambition as it applies to my life a lot because For so long, I've defined it, like, exclusively in regards to my professional abilities and, like, what I want to do professionally. And at this point in my life, I, like, of course I still have professional goals. Like, I want to go to law school. Like, that's not, like, exactly giving up on my professionalism or my professional ambition. But I just feel like I've been applying it more broadly when I think about it. And ambition has kind of become more just about what I want and not just my job. What do you mean by what you want? Like what I want my life to look like in all facets, not just like the physical, like get paid for this work job. Do you mean like a family or where you want to live or what you want to feel like? All of that. All of that? Yeah, all three of those things. Can you be ambitious for a relationship or for mm, I think a so. family? I think, and it, that's what I've been exploring. Like, because you only ever hear the term applied to professionalism. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly it applies there. But I think that when you're thinking about trying to be ambitious and, like, going after what you want... What you want is so much more than the job. Like, what do you want to be? Like, that's not just your job. What do you want to be in the world? Mm. That uh, That's so true. And then it gets me into such a weird... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, this contention between ideas of, like, oh, I want to be... Um, a very, like social justice in general is very important to me and it's a central point of my degree program so I'm looking at these issues all day long and thinking about them and I'm involved in various clubs and that have very specific like social justice oriented goals um, and then part of me is doing this because a I'm I am genuinely very passionate about the specific or goals of those organizations and I think that they're important And then part of me is also thinking about how great that would look on my resume or how nice that is on an application. And then I'm, does that undermine my, the altruistic? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say that it completely undermines the altruistic value to it. If you are legitimately doing it for the right reasons and it just happens to also look good and you are just aware of that. I think that comes in like where your motivations are. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. I know a lot of people that just do things because it looks good on a resume. And it shows. Yeah. You can totally tell when people are doing something just for the resume. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like. But I- is that bad? Hmm. I mean, I think that's a whole question of, like, is ambition, as it applies to just your job and trying to achieve 
the monetary salary and the prestige and all those things that you want. Like, is that bad? Or mm. is it good? Because people reward it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really just how you act on it. Because yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily bad to do something because it looks good on a resume. But I do think it's bad if you're like, oh, that looks good on a resume. Now I don't have to go to the meetings. Right. So, like, I think if you're just trying to show yourself off, I think there's a fine line there. There totally is a fine line. It's so, I don't know, maybe I'm just hard on myself and critical of other people in the same way for doing that. Because you, you do need things to put on your resume, that right. is part of life and getting a job and going to grad school or whatever your goals are. You need something on that piece of paper. Right. Um, but how do you find the balance between, oh, I really just want to do this because that's what a good person would do or that's what I feel like is a worthwhile contribution to society and my community versus is this a worthwhile contribution to me? Mm. but nobody's saying it can't be both and oftentimes Mm. it is both right like when you're volunteering no matter what that looks like it can often be mutually beneficial but it's just i think what you need to look at like not you specifically but everybody needs to look at is just where the motivations are like what makes you want to do that is this just so you can get the next level position because i think that especially in college I can see that kind of like toxic environment where it's like I just need to do this so I can get into med school I just need to do this so I can get that next job like and (laughs) why (laughs) and I think that a big problem when you're in college that people don't really mention is this like feeling like college is a preparatory stage Mm-hmm. And, like, you are just, like, learning so that you can provide whatever to the world when you go out in it and work in it. But there's this intense pressure that, like, you have to be getting ahead right now. And, like, I don't really understand why it feels so intense. How do you feel when you are... I don't know if you do this as obsessively as I do, where you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and Handshake and just stare <laughs> no. at internships for hours. I avoid it. Really? Yeah. I can't, I get sucked in. I can't stop once I start. I should spend more time doing it than I do. Well, what I was wondering about this, and I, now I don't know if you'll know, because if you actively avoid that, then <laughs> you might not have um, input. But... When I look at those job opportunities, sometimes I'll read the preferred qualifications and I'll say, okay, I have four out of five of these, Um, but someone else is going to have more, so I don't know if I'll bother applying to that. (laughs) Or in think like, I I can't think that about every single job. (laughs) Someone has to take it. I mean, I think that that's natural. I think that's like insecurity in not feeling good enough for certain positions Mm -hmm. and I think that trying to shield yourself from rejection is so natural 
so natural because nobody likes rejection. Like, right. And if you don't apply, then you don't have to say you didn't get it. <laughs> Very true. And, like, you don't have to feel like you put all the effort in to apply just to not get it because that can be very disheartening right and that's my I guess that's my concern right I don't want to waste my time I mean I think that's just that's just life that's just part of the game yeah it's just part of the game but that's what I wanted to talk about with ambition is like is this all it has to be like I feel like ambition is can be bigger than that can be like how do I get to like the person I want to be who's yes working the job I want to do but is like living the life I want to live tell me more about the life you want to live okay well it's not very specific (laughs) but it's just like I don't know I think that it's been like hard to try and think about ambition because I don't have the specifics and because I've told myself not to be like I want to live in New York City by the time I'm 25 and earn this salary. Because when you set those kinds of goals, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. And I want to be open to opportunity that may be in a different sphere than I was even thinking. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, I just see professional ambition making people so unhappy here. Here as in... Here is in college. Okay. Like, UGA in particular. Like, my friends in particular. But, like, I just think the environment here can be so, like, cutthroat. Gotta get the best position. Mm. Yes. I bet especially in the business school. Yeah, definitely in the business school. And, I mean, it's so hard. It's such a fine line. Because to an extent, that's awesome. Like, you should be pursuing yourself professionally. You just can't be only pursuing yourself professionally. Like, you need to be making sure that you're, like, maintaining all aspects of your life. Mm. And I've been trying to, like, figure out that line. That's really interesting. So, are you counting physical fitness and rest and quality time with friends is all part of your ambition umbrella yeah well that's what I'm trying to do it's not perfect (laughs) how okay so when I think of ambition I think of my crazy detailed to-do list and (laughs) all my time blocked tasks (laughs) that I have set out for the rest of the semester um if you were to do that with maybe not fitness because you probably should schedule in gym time and things like that but with your friends, if I were to say, okay, from six to eight, I'm going to be hanging out with Grace, does that detract from the spontaneity and intimacy of the like the time that we have together? That's an interesting question. Because especially in my life, I feel like I have scheduled my life, like I am very analytical and I try not to make people feel like I'm scheduling them in, but, like, to me, I'm, like, I'm making time to see them, like, I'm present when I'm there, like, and I don't really think that there's, like, a lot wrong with that, like, I don't think it takes away from the spontaneity as long as you're also willing to be spontaneous, Mm. like, I think you can be, like, 
cognizant of your time and be like, I want to spend time with my friend this day and I will spend time with my friend this day. And then, like, if they call you at, like, 11 p.m., like, the next week and are like, I really want to go out to dinner. Or, like, I want to go out for, like, cookout, like, late at night. You can be like, okay. Like, I don't think that's, like, I think you can do both. Right. Um, Yeah, I agree. But I think, like, paying attention to, like, your social life and just, like, the way you feel in your present life is just as important to, like, bolstering your professional resume going forward. And I think that's what gets missed in this college era. How do For you... me. Oh, right. No, I agree. I yeah. think it does, too. I don't know. And, like, I know there are probably people listening that are like, I've never even thought about my job. All I do is, like, hang out with friends. And, like, I know there are people in college that do that. Probably aren't people listening to me now, but <laughs> I know there are people in college that don't prioritize this. I'm just saying the people I surround myself with and me personally, like I tend to like look towards that. And I felt that like even since I was in high school, like I've always felt like I'm just like trying to work towards the next step. Like what are the right things to do and trying to figure that out. And it's exhausting. I fully agree with that. Even so I changed my major when I went to school um, because I realized it just wasn't the right fit. But even when I was in my, I, when I started college, I was a communications major. And when I was doing that, we would get a weekly newsletter of like internships and job opportunities. And I would read about them. And in my mind, I'd be like, I don't really want to do any of these. (laughs) But because I was so dedicated and this is just a little motor that lives inside of me, I would write them down and then I would make a list of all the preferred qualifications and figure out how I can get those qualifications. Yes. See, that's what I see people do that I think we should change about, like, college culture. And I don't mean that, like, you were doing anything wrong. I just mean, like, I felt the same exact way when I came to college. Because I came into college as a science major, like, pre-med. And I was like, okay, I need to get involved in research. And then I was like, I hate being in a science lab. Like, nothing about that appeals to me. And then I was like, okay, I just won't do it. (laughs) But then I was like, how am I going to go to med school now? And then I was like, wait, maybe I I shouldn't be at med school? (laughs) Exactly. Wait, maybe I would hate med school too. And that kind of, like, shift of, like, Trying to fit yourself into professional boxes versus trying to find professional opportunities that, like, match what you want to do. Okay, and can we just talk about med school for a second? <laughs> because, so I'm in a health... What is my major called? Health, health promotion. promotion. <laughs> and it, it's a pre-med program. I'm not pre-med, so I'm surrounded by people who are, though. And all day long, I hear about OCHEM and all these pre-med classes and how everyone's crying because they're not going to get into the med school because they got an A- minus and OCHEM and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to minimize that stress or that struggle. I understand that it is very real. And if you have that goal and you need those grades, that is incredibly stressful. Yeah. But med school is not the end-all, be-all of successful, ambitious careers. That is... That is a very interesting point that people need to hear because there are people, like, 
there is a reason that doctors are, like, a very respected position. Like, obviously, if you are a doctor, like, you've been through all that schooling, you're saving lives, like, there's a reason that people think it's cool. It's not for everybody. (laughs) And if you hate it, it doesn't mean that you're not a good student if you hate it. And, like, it's such an interesting phenomenon that people are like, this is the hardest major. I'm like, every major is hard. (laughs) Like, like you need to be, like, where your passion is and, like, what you actually want to do. Yeah, don't do something because it's hard and you want Recognition. recognition. Right. And so I think you also need to establish that separation between ambition in its purest form, like, I want to achieve this, versus ambition for others. Mm. Ambition for the recognition, ambition for, like, just being awarded for what you're doing. I've been thinking about that so much this week because I met with my professor about talking about... So I, I have these professional ambitions ambition uh-huh. I have these professional, <laughs> professional goals of doing something related to policy like health policy research or social justice related to health and taking it more from a policy side and I was talking to my professor about if I should go to law school versus a master of public health versus a master of public administration etc and um, we, we discussed each possibility and there's a couple different ways I could go blah 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 but I was kind of thinking about it, and I called my mom, and we discussed, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I just really want to go to law school, but do I really want to go to law school because I want to, or because I think that that's the hardest thing to do, and I want that satisfaction of completing that? (laughs) Interesting. Okay. And I mean, it is a solid career choice. Like, it's not like I'm just (laughs) deciding that. Well, right, but I I mean, like, for what I want to do. I'm not just doing that for fun. Right, right, no. Like, it would make sense to go, but am I aligning myself with that one the most because that's what I see as the most prestigious? Mm. I think it's really hard to separate prestige from just what you want to do because it's so human nature to want validation, and prestige is cool. Like it's when nice. you watch Grey's Anatomy and you're like, oh, everyone thinks they're so cool because they're surgeons. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a cool idea to be like, yeah, I'm in this really prestigious position and like, yeah, and have that. Ugh, I live for the look. This is so bad. I live <laughs> for when I'm like, oh, I'm doing this, this, and this, and people are like, wow, that's really cool. Oh my gosh. I live for that. It makes me mm. jump for joy in my body, like not in real life. I mean, I think that's natural. I, don't I think, think it's, it's natural, like but healthy. I think I do that a little. I think I delight a little bit more than everyone else or more than maybe people who hmm. don't place all their worth in their accomplishments. <laughs> Why do you think you do that? I mean, what else do I have? Okay, wait, no, hang on. Pretend I didn't say that. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like college is such a time of focus on what you're doing professionally and where you want to go next. And there's so much right now that, like, people are missing out on because they're so uber-focused on that. And not, I just think, like, 
life always needs balance, like, more than I've ever realized before. Hmm. Like, it can't just all be this. What do you think started that realization? For me? Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that part of it is I'm a business undergrad, but I have intentions to go to law school, and I have a very specific path to try to go to law school at UGA, so I'm not as, like, stressed about that Mm -hmm. as people that are actually just prepping to go to law school the normal route is, are. (laughs) And so I, I guess, like, I don't feel that same sort of stress about what I need to be doing right now. And so I see my friends that are in finance majors or it, honestly any business majors right now who are like trying to find the right position so they can get a full-time job afterwards and like the impact of that on them and like how much of their brain capacity it's taking right now. And I think like I feel like an outside perspective because I mean I'm in their classes and like they're my friends that sit around me and stuff, but I'm not like doing the same path like my path looks different than theirs does Mm -hmm. um than theirs do so I think I'm just been like watching them and been like this is really important to them and really big for them and like I mean obviously like I need to find something to do this summer like I have things that I need to be doing as well but I've also just been like thinking about like oh I need to take better care of myself physically and like oh I need to like make time for my friends and like make sure to call my mom and like all this stuff that's like beyond just like school and then my job afterwards Mm -hmm. and like not to say that like they're doing a poor job of it it's just like I've become more aware of how easy it is to focus on that and to like try and find your worth in that yeah and I just and I think, like, because junior year in particular is such a stressful time for so many people, I, and I mean, like, I should probably be feeling more stressed than I am even, like, because I'm just kind of like, I'll find something to do this summer and it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> I envy that. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I haven't been thinking about that as much this semester as, like, I've seen other people doing, like, through this first round of recruiting. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like I've taken a step back and I'm looking at it on the macro scale and I'm like, there's just more to the world than your business job. That's so true. I was listening to a podcast today where they were talking about how when you die or when you're getting near the end of your life and you look back you're not going to say, this is such a cliche, but you're not going to wish that you spent more time at the office. You know, you're going to want to spend time with people you love and your family. It's such a balance, though. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about, like, like, what does bring you joy? Because, like, I know you and I are both highly motivated people. Like, we get pleasure out of the work we do. Like, when we do work well... And, like, this isn't to negate that. Right. It's just that you need to make sure that it's not all-consuming. And it's a really hard balance to find. And I think that this particular time in our lives, when everybody's trying to figure that out, 
trying to figure out what the next phase of their life looks like. It's really important to pay attention to. It's also so important to think about how success looks so different on everybody. Yeah. And especially now we're kind of getting a taste of it where people that we went to high school with or that we grew up with are all doing different things. You can't really compare (laughs) laterally of like, oh, my friend is doing this, but I don't want to do that at all. Right. (laughs) And then, I don't know, like in high school, we were such on this little, like I think of it as like this tiny little stream and we were all just like moving up and down Mm. as little racers. I guess I'm I'm mixing analogies. I'm thinking okay. about a little stream, but then I'm also thinking about a race, a racetrack. <laughs> but it was all one thing, and we could all easily compare someone's GPA or the class that they're taking, classes that they're taking, or the clubs that they're involved in. Mm-hmm. And it was relatively easy to understand where you stood, yeah, with everyone else. And now it is not easy at all. No, I have no idea where I stand with everyone else and that's what i'm saying though like i think we need to like let go of that comparison some like just as a generational like everybody in college right now needs to let go of the comparison some because i just don't think that it's healthy because we are doing such different things like what you want to do is so different from what i want to do and like we can all be successful. <laughs> like, another person's success doesn't negate yours and vice versa. And, like, I think that we should be, like, trying to figure out, like, what we want to do because we want to do it. And not for a lot of other reasons that people are discovering. <laughs> yeah. It feels so nice to finally have some direction to where I want to be rather than just throwing all of my ambitious energy into random facets of my life or random goals I felt like that for such a long time like because before I took my business law class I was literally like all of my high school career and then like most of my or all of my freshman year of college too I just felt like I had this energy, like, I wanted to do something, and, like, I just couldn't figure out what that was. And then, like, this, like, nagging feeling of, like, I was wasting time Mm. trying to figure that out. And, like, I should just pick something and just do it. (laughs) But I'm really glad I didn't. Like, I'm really glad that I went on the path that I went on, as roundabout as it was, to figure out what I want to do. I don't know. Yeah, no, that is really... Athens sounds people shouting. <laughs> it is really important though that you you went from a period of directionlessness mm-hmm. or just maybe wild flailing and <laughs> trying to figure out what was happening to finally getting a handle on what you want. Do you feel like you really want to do this or like do do you feel very dedicated toward your current career ambition or do you kind of feel like this is what I landed on and I'm sticking to it I feel very that's an interesting question nobody's actually like articulated it like that but I think there is a certain amount of like oh I landed on this and this is what I'm doing but like I'm excited about it Mm -hmm. like those are the classes that interest me the most it's like where my skills fit the best 
Like, because I've always been, like, very people-oriented, like, very much, like, interested in, like, trying to work with people to, like, create some result and, like, create discussions and, like, take all these parts of the arguments and, like, analyze it Mm -hmm. and, like, figure out the holes and stuff. Like, all of that is legal. But I had never had any legal experience. Right. To be, like... Oh, all of these things that I like about my brain fit with this field. Mm-hmm. And so when I took that first legal class and like we were actually talking about like what a lawyer would do, I was like, wait, like <laughs> like it's perfect. Right. And I think like there's still an element of like I I haven't done it. Like I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And there is certainly some like Somebody let me do it. Like, I don't want to have to go all the way through law school before I have any legal experience. Um, But it's for sure where my interests lie. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel more sure about that than anything else I've done. And I feel like I've tested the waters. You have. You've tested (laughs) a lot of waters. Should we go on a journey of all of Grace's majors and minors? Yeah, let's do this real quick. (laughs) So I came in as a genetics chem double major. That sounds horrible. Yes, actually, I would agree with that. (laughs) Well, and I was like, genetics is cool. Genetics is cool. Yeah, it is. But (laughs) I sat down with my advisor before I even started college. So this was during college orientation. And she goes, okay, so you'll just take OCHEM in the fall of your freshman year. And I was like, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't want to take OCHEM. Like, people say that's really hard. And she was like, but you're a chem major. And I was like, hmm, Hmm. (laughs) maybe I shouldn't be. So I I left that meeting like, okay, no, I'll just take bio and like see how I feel. And I love my bio class. My professor was an amazing little British man who loved complex carbohydrates. And (laughs) he's an amazing person. But I was just like so sure that it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like... When you know it's not right, you know. Right. Because I was, like, it's cool. Like, it's interesting. But it's not, like... It's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And all the hours in the lab on top of it... Ugh. Killed me. The lab classes? No, thank you. So I was, like, okay, I don't want to do hard science. And it was the same sort of thing I said I don't want to do hard science research. <laughs> so I was, like, mm, no, okay, this is not right. So I moved into psychology because, like I said, I've always been, like, people-oriented and, like, I don't know. I mean, psychology interests everybody because it's, like, our minds. Right. Don't they say that's basically the same as going in undecided? Right. I'm a psych major. I just love how people think. I mean, yeah, because it's cool. (laughs) No shade to actual psych majors. It's a real, it's a real profession. Right. But, so I was a psych major for a little while, but the psych major here is really, really small, and I would have graduated, like, this semester if I had stayed a psych (laughs) major, and I was like, I can't do that, like, (laughs) I need to add something else. So I was like, I think, like, media and marketing and advertising is really interesting, so I added an advertising major, which is through the School of Journalism. And I was like, eh, this isn't quite it. <laughs> I was like, maybe I like the business side of it. So I dropped psych and added marketing. Then I was advertising and marketing. And that was actually a cool combo. But then I was like, I don't really like journalism at all. So I dropped <laughs> advertising. 
and then I was marketing, and then as a marketing major, I had to take the intro business classes to be in the business school, and that is when I took legal 2700, which was an amazing class. And we all I was know like, and love. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Mm. And I was that was my first semester sophomore year. <laughs> so that was one year of major minor changes. So that's a wild ride, though. It I had is. fun. Did you guys have fun? <laughs> it was a journey. <laughs> the whole time I've had an English minor, so that's, that's been right. that's been constant. So yeah, one thing that stays true. Yeah. Oh, I'm an econ major now. Did I even say that? No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's because once I was in the business school, or when I was applying to be in the business school, I was looking at going to law school. And econ is very much the same sort of analytics, and I've always been good at it. So It's just a a big law school undergrad major up there with history and poli-sci. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it makes your brain, like, work the same way. Mm-hmm. I like econ, too. Yeah, I can't relate. <laughs> but I'm glad you like it. How do you think... This is a little a little change of course. Okay. How do you think ambition differs for women and men? Ooh. The way our society is structured. I feel like men... I, I think the pressure... I feel like everybody feels pressure. But I feel like the pressure is different. Like, I feel... And not necessarily more or less for either. But I think that men feel this pressure that they have to be the ones to succeed. Mm, the breadwinner. Like, right. If if they're not the breadwinner, then they're failures. Like, they can't be attractive unless they have this awesome job. And, like, I think women feel like they have something to prove. Like, I want to contribute to the world. Mm. And I think, like, those are different things i also think too i think i agree with what you're saying that men want to be the breadwinner and women feel like they need to prove that they are equally as good at their job which is ridiculous yeah but i was thinking about this because when i was looking at law school for a while i was looking at a law and master's of public health program Which would put me in school for a large chunk of time. That would be another four to five years. And I was thinking about that because I was like, well, I want to get work experience. So that would be at least two years. And then I'd be in school for another five years. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I'm 30. And I'm probably going to get married. And then maybe I'll have a child. And then when I have a child, I'll just be starting my job that I actually want, that I went to all that school for. And then am I supposed to stop, like, drop some of those hours at the job that I finally have that I want to take care of a kid? And I was just thinking about that, and I was going through all the scenarios in my head, which is very presumptuous of me to even (laughs) assume that I'll be married and having kids by that time because I don't have a boyfriend or anything like that. (laughs) But just going through that thought process, I was thinking... Do you know a single guy who would have that same thought process of, oh, Mm. but by the time I'm 30, I'll have a kid. So what's going to happen then? That's because we're not that far from the 60s. Ridiculous. We're just, we're just not that far. And like our generation of, 
upcoming female employees, employers eventually. Like, we, I think that we feel like we have something to prove. And I think we do. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's definitely, like, a double standard. I don't it's think. for sure a double standard. Guys are not worried about that. <laughs> no, they're not. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with wanting to stay home with your kids. That's not the point of this. The point is that why are women the only people thinking about that? Right. Men are just as capable as quitting their jobs or going to a part-time position. Yeah, they certainly are. <sighs> These social injustices. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of some of them. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. It's also it's so interesting because some of it is so like, built into the legal sphere. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, unpacking that and, like, all of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's work and, like, all the leaps that we've made towards equality and, like, we still don't have it. And, like, people try and say we do. Like, yeah, you can get hired. And it's like, no, it, no, it's like... Things are so broken. <laughs> yeah. And it requires a lot more effort from everybody than anybody is putting in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting for sure. It's interesting. I am eager to see where things go. Yeah. It's also so cultural. Because, like, the idea that the women stay home with the kids, or, like, that's so old-fashioned and it's so still prevalent right there's nothing biological about that it's right just social we've been <laughs> socialized to think that or to normalize that yeah very interesting which brings me to my next point okay that i've been really eager to talk about which is the term girl boss Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm passionate about it. All right. You explain it then. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure that you guys have heard the word girl boss is thrown around in sort of these feminist, I don't know, what do you call it? These millennial feminist groups where they're like, oh, she's such a girl boss and it's just a word for the some sort of high powered woman. Yeah. And it's meant to be a term of, it's a good is a positive term by the people who are using it. It's not right. meant to be an insult, which blows my mind <laughs> because you are taking a woman in a high-powered position <laughs> who is the boss right, and calling her a child. Yeah. Uh, a young girl. <laughs> Why is that the compliment? I don't know. Like, we... Ashley and I have already discussed this because it's something I didn't even think about. <laughs> Like, I mean, I see it now. I'm like, why? I don't know why it came about. But I think it's just, like, a cutesy term. And why do we have to be cute? That's what pisses me off. But you also have to accept, like, some women are cute. (laughs) Like, they like that stuff. But does that help the movement? No. It's (laughs) destroying the movement. But, like, I don't mean that, like, (laughs) literally. But, I mean, people aren't cognizant of the fact that, like, adding the word the word girl to boss is like making it less of a term yeah, it's like, why can't why can't we just be bosses for real we're all bosses <sighs> another thing i read about that too was that people use the word girl boss in associ- associated with these women who are doing these pyramid schemes 
<laughs> where they're selling you I mean I'm sure you've seen these things on Facebook like the skinny coffee and oh yeah the Arbonne stuff and they're whatever they're telling you it is it's just an MLM it's a pyramid scheme <laughs> and they're made they're marketed toward women right. to do these things I don't know what uh, that, that was. was. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore that noise. <laughs> okay, but anyways, these MLMs are... I'm saying that right. That's the right ac- acronym, right? Multi-level marketing yeah. thing. Whatever. You're a business major. <laughs> so they're targeted toward women who are not going to be making... You're not going to be moving up in this company. You're not really the girl boss of anything. <laughs> You're selling little... Pixie sticks to people. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that fake empowerment is so harmful, in my opinion. Because hmm. you're making someone feel like they're more empowered than they actually are. It's deceptive. Huh. I don't know, because I feel like people need to be empowered to do, like, I mean, okay. Out of that context, I do think that there's a place, like, I think that it's good if you're, like, if your friend is, like, oh, man, I, like, got an A on that test, I'm so proud of myself, and you're, like, yeah, you're a boss, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a form of empowerment that's very small, like, that's not impacting anybody. Right, that's fine. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, like... I think that's very different from being involved in a pyramid scheme. Right, but I'm saying, like, okay, I don't know how we got in pyramid schemes, but, like, <laughs> like yes, obviously getting an A on a test is different from being in a pyramid scheme. Wasn't saying it was the same. But I'm, I'm saying that I do think that there's a place for small forms of empowerment and that you have to be empowered in your, like, daily living, mm-hmm. whether that's getting an A or <laughs> I'm gonna drop that. Okay. <laughs> but like I think you should be empowered in daily your life. Daily life in order to even take the steps where you can be really empowered in the traditional sense of like mm-hmm. taking on high level positions and stuff like that. And I think that it's interesting, like this terminology that we throw around, like being like you're a girl boss, like why do we have to qualify it? Mm-hmm. Like you don't hear anybody being like, he's a boy boss. <laughs> like, can you Hashtag imagine? boy boss. <laughs> can you imagine if somebody said that? Oh my gosh. Could you? <sighs> Obama is such a boy boss. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But it's culture. And I think that's, it's interesting times that we live in. There's mm-hmm. a lot of growth still happening. And we're a part of it. So. Cheers to that. Cheers to that for real. <laughs> Should we actually clink? Our cups are empty. (laughs) Is that the conclusion of our podcast? I think it is. Um, I think that was pretty solid. Okay, sure. (laughs) In my opinion. Okay. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening if you listened. We're glad you're here for real. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our ramblings. We really enjoy getting our thoughts out there like this. Yeah, and if you liked it. You probably know me, so just go ahead and drop me a DM. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But if you don't know me, find my Instagram, which will be a challenge. So that'll be your challenge. Okay. And then drop a DM. 
Mine as well. <laughs> yeah, Grace's as well. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you. Oh, should we talk about our topic for next week, or should we leave it as a surprise? No, it's a mystery every week. All right, mystery. Gotta join us for B. See you later. Bye. Bye.